You know me. I'm Sarah Grace. Welcome to The Remedy. If you are listening to us or if you are watching us on our platforms, welcome, you guys. You know I love hanging out with you every week. It is such a blessing. I'm so glad that you have tuned in today. And you are going to be glad that you have tuned in today because you guys, oh my gosh, we have got the most amazing guest today. We are so honored to have Leah Faith in the house. You guys give up a warm remedy. Welcome for Leah. Leah Faith. Hey, so good to have you here on the show. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor. I'm so excited to be here today. Yes, dude, we are so stoked. You guys, Leah, I'm going to uh, let it, let uh, the mic turn over to her and she can tell you more about herself. But you guys, this woman is, the Lord is using her in radical ways to affect the kingdom of God, which is, you know, that is the remedy. The remedy for life is the word of God and it is Yeshua. The world has gone bananas and we need Jesus more than ever. And Leah has gone out to the world, bringing the message, the gospel, the good news. And um, she's got books coming out. She recorded an incredible song. If you're a Disney fan, you've got to check it out. And she is an incredible worship leader, you guys. God has gifted her in amazing, amazing ways. Anyway, I'll let Leah run down quickly her life. Leah, yeah, welcome to The Remedy. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, I love the, the remedy to life. It's the word. It's Jesus. Oh, it's so good. I just love that. And man, that I feel like that's my story. Like that, you just, there, there it is. That's my story of Jesus just being everything, man. He's just so precious. He's so beautiful. He's so endlessly good in every season. Um, yeah, a little bit about me. I'm originally from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and went to college to Liberty University. And from there, God told me to move to Las Vegas, which was the craziest thing I'd ever heard the <laughs> Lord say. Because, um, you know, the world calls it Sin City. And I just heard his voice, felt his heartbeat for a place that the world calls forsaken, and heard him say, I'm going to bring revival unto Reformation, and I'm calling you to be a part of it in Las Vegas. And so wow. I've been out in Vegas for about uh, seven and a half years and just seen God do incredible things out here. Um, and yeah, I, I full-time work for Sean Foyt and Let Us Worship. Um, so the past year and a half, I've been doing that and just seeing God do incredible, mind-blowing things all across yes. the nation. Yes. As you see, I'm representing today Woo-hoo. with the Lettuce Worship merch. I've got all kinds. I've got hats. I've got t-shirts. You know it. I love the movement. So yes. totally sick that you are, are firsthand being uh, privy to what is going on at these events. And, it, yeah. you know, if you're not, if you don't know Let Us Worship and what this incredible move of God is, first of all, where you've been at. But secondly, um, y'all, you got to get on board with what the Lord is doing through the people who are serving him at these Let Us Worship events. Leah, can you kind of um, maybe give a little rundown of what Let Us Worship is and then how you got involved? Yeah, yeah. So Let Us Worship was born Basically, the moment that Gavin Newsom in California said during the 2020 lockdowns that we were no longer allowed to sing in church, definitely a 
who do you think you are type of moment? Yeah, bananas. Like, bananas. Bananas. Yeah. And, and, you know, so many people complied. So many people were like, oh, okay, yeah, the government's allowed to tell the church what to do. Like, as if we don't have thousands of years of, you know, worshiping when the government said not to. Anyway, sorry, I don't want to get caught up on a pedestal on that. But, um, but yeah. So and don't sure. worry, you can get caught up on that pedestal here. <laughs> My listeners know that I came from Portland, Oregon. We ended up escaping to Texas. But, yep. yes, we were part of that West Coast crackdown, smackdown on worship and the things of the gospel. So hit it up. My listeners know. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it was just the craziest thing. And so when, when governor Newsom said that Sean Foyt uh, said, you know, we're going to start a petition called let us worship got, I think it was about a hundred thousand signatures immediately um, online. This crazy petition breaks out and the Lord tells him to go to the golden gate bridge, 400 people show up. And just worshipped on the Golden Gate Bridge, which is the suicide capital of the nation. And they, you know, the cops literally said to them, where have you guys been in this season? We don't have enough police officers to catch everyone that's trying to kill themselves in this season. Because at that point, the number of suicides in California were greater than the number of COVID deaths. And so it was, you know, we're seeing the, it was such a, you know, such a biblical moment where, the Lord is literally saying like, Judah has to go first. Praise has to lead the way in this battle right now. And so a worship movement was born in that mo- that moment and it exploded from there. We've been to 180, 190 cities since lockdown. And I jumped in about a year and a half ago. I was, I was a worship director at a church at the time. And the Lord just said, I want you to quit your job. And I loved my job. I loved my church, loved what I was doing. And I was like, unto what? Like, what am I? And I just heard him say, do you trust me? I was like, I mean, yeah, of course. But like, what am I doing next? And had no clue. I just knew that he said revival. And I knew he had put this thing in my heart of, I just started praying, Lord, if you're coming back soon, what do I want to be found doing? And how do I want to prepare the earth for your return? And I was already a part of one of Sean's organizations called Burn 24-7. I host the Las Vegas branch of that, where we do anywhere from six to 100 hours of nonstop worship. We've done it on the Strip. It's amazing. Um, And those exist all over the nations. And so I was already a part of it. And so I basically just reached out to Sean and said, like, I feel like I'm sitting on the sidelines of what the Lord is doing, and I'll do whatever is needed. And so started just literally like making a few graphics here and there, going to a couple events to sell merch and um, got brought on full time. So it's been incredible. And I I could just talk endlessly about what we've seen. And every event feels shocking. Like you go in knowing that God's going to move. And then when he moves, you're like, what? What is this? This is insane. He just moves so beautifully time and time again. And yeah, like, like I, I'll say this and then, you know, whatever, whatever's next. But I had this moment where we were at, um, where were we? We were in Spokane, Washington, and they did an altar call. We'll, we'll almost every event, we'll do an altar call, like first for salvation, then for if you have an addiction that you want to get free of, that's one that we'll commonly do. And I was, I was mixed in the altar call, praying for people and so Gen, Gen Z everywhere, like these like young kids crying out for more of the Lord. And Pastor Jay does the altar call for drugs. And it started raining drugs. Like where I was praying for people, 
I've never seen so many drugs fly in a moment. There were cigarettes flying. There was weed flying. Sean's leading worship getting pelted with drugs. It was like just one of those moments where you're like, this is the kingdom that like the Lord comes in a room and freedom is released and it's joyful and there's no shame attached to it. And we'll have the same thing where we'll say, if you're struggling with same sex, same sex attraction, and you want to get set free, this is a safe place for that. And there's joy and there's freedom. And we are seeing the weapon the Lord is choosing in this season is joy. And it's just, it's incredible to see that happening coast to coast. And even, even in the nations, it's incredible. Yes, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Yes. Oh my gosh, so, so true. And the move that is taking place right now, it's like, I almost feel like churches get out of the way and just let it happen. And and we are the church, the people are the church. Yep. And we're seeing that even take place with the Jesus Revolution movie that's coming out and uh, come out in Jesus name, which just aired last night different organizations, but, you know, with, you know, what's going on the Asbury revival and the, um, uh, you know, what, what's going on in Louisiana and a bunch of different places around the United States. It's like, whoa, man, the dam is breaking and I can't wait to see the flood that is coming. It is, it is amazing. Absolutely amazing. So I'm so stoked to have you on the show today to talk about your firsthand experience being yeah. on the front lines of this. It's yeah. amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. We're just being floored. I just feel like, and what we're seeing is, is simply when we chase after King Jesus and we're not chasing after certain things, like when we just exalt him, that's when he moves. That, that's what I love about what's ha- what happened in Asbury, where it wasn't this crazy, like it was literally someone got up and preached a very simple sermon on repentance and the the fear of the lord fell and i just believe that that simple simple little chapel that changed everything for them yeah. and for hundreds of thousands of people that descended on this tiny town I'm like man this is what it is it's simply the presence of god and i um you know i, I was just in india a few weeks ago and would love to share about that for a moment yes um, yes please when we were over there man i a lot of people don't know it's number 10. When you look at the lists of the most persecuted nations in the world, it's number 10. It's, it's, it's really intense over there. The persecution's really, really bad. Um, but I've never seen so much joy ever in my entire life of, you know, we're in the underground churches and there's so much hunger. There's so much joy. And it's, it's the revelation of Jesus of like, I've seen him and therefore I know I'll do anything. And if it means I live a long life for him, praise God. And if it means I die for him, praise God. And it was just such a beautiful thing to see. And I was talking to one of our pastors over there that were connected through the burn. He leads the whole nation um, for the burn over there. And I asked him like, what does evangelism look like in a nation where it's not illegal to be a Christian, but it's illegal to convert someone? So I asked him, I was like, so what, you know, and of course it's like, we're going to do it no matter what the law is. But I asked him, what is the tactic? Like, what does it look like? And he told me, he said, you know, a lot of times Christians will come in and will begin to say to the Hindus, like, your gods are all demons and they're all liars. And he said, this is true. Like they are, they're all demons. But when you come in and say that it doesn't, it doesn't work because the people of India, 
that are of the Hindu faith, they're very devout. They love their gods. They'll do anything for them. And he said, that's like where all these riots will break out. All this violence will break out. And it's not an effective way to share the gospel. And he looked at me and said, so what we do is we'll get out some guitars and we'll just worship. And the presence of God will come. And these Hindus that love their gods will experience something for the very first time in their lives. And wow. they'll leave everything behind. And they'll, they'll, they'll bring their passion that was once misplaced towards these idols, these demons, whatever you want to call them. And it's all to King Jesus now. And he said, that's why you see such radical worship here. Because India was created to worship. But I just, I loved, I love, that just stuck with me for, I mean, it's just stayed with me ever since of, Sometimes our strategy in sharing the gospel changes. And sometimes it's simply like, I'm going to host the presence and it's more than enough because there's no greater evangelist, evangelist than the Holy Spirit. Oh, yeah. And that is what, I, that just blessed my socks off to learn that and to experience that over there. Wow. Wow. And um, I think I saw something on your social media that you were saying there was, there was an event or something that happened where you guys were, um, maybe I, where you guys were afraid for your life and, um, then watching the hand of God move through that situation. Can you share a little bit about that today? Yeah. So we, (laughs) we did an event in Delhi and the police ended up showing up, um, and basically said that they were going to blacklist us, throw us in jail, kick us out of India permanently, um, just, you know, come after us if we didn't pay this, like, inc- this incredibly humongous fine. I think it was around $60,000. It was a bribe, essentially. And I've never been in a situation like that. Ever since I was a kid, I thought it would be incredible to be, like, in the underground church and to do stuff, like, covert. And But I've never done it. And so in that moment, it was a very real, like, oh my, okay, Lord, like I trust you and I trust that you're going to move, but what's going to happen here? And, and I'm so grateful for bold leaders like Sean Foyt, who he literally said, like, they're not going to do it. I was like, how do you know? He was like, just feel like the Lord's saying it's an empty threat. They don't really have the authority. Let's move on. And cause wow. we were going to fly out and they were basically saying, we're going to stop you at the airport. You can't go. Like, we're going to get you there. And Sean basically called their bluff and we got on a flight and we flew to Hyderabad and did a a humongous worship event that night. And the Lord just moved in power like crazy. But it was definitely a different moment where it was like, okay, do I believe the word of the Lord that he really is sovereign? He really does have it. And, you know, it's one of those moments where I always go back to in the gospels where people were out to seek to, they were trying to seek to kill Jesus constantly. But the, the word always says, but Jesus replied, it was not my time. And there's always this thing where Jesus is saying, well, it's not my time. It's not my time. And I think it was one of those moments where I was like, okay, Lord, like I'm trusting that you have your hands on this event, that you have your hands on my life and that you're saying, if it's not my time, then you've got it. And so it was definitely a, a, just a radical experience for sure. <laughs> That's awesome. And that gives such freedom too, if you live in that, it's not my time. So Lord, you're going to take care of it. That, wow. Wow. So amazing. Um, what would you say to, um, you know, I've, I've come across uh, a movement of Christians, of believers, um, 
who are, they call themselves cessationists. They don't believe that the spirit is moving the way that it is and the way that, that I have experienced and the way that you have experienced. What would you say to somebody who's maybe listening right now, watching uh, on one of our um, YouTube or rumble that has experienced um, that, or I should say that has not yet experienced that move of the spirit. They're a believer, but they haven't been, you know, had that the spirit rain down on them. Like, like maybe you or I have. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Like I shared at the beginning, I went to Liberty University, which is a very Baptist school. And, um, and so there was a, there was a split, right? There was a lot of people that believed one way, a lot of people that believed another. I was raised by someone who was saved in the Jesus movement. So I actually didn't know that there were people that didn't believe that. And so it was definitely a great season for me to kind of dig in and say, why do I believe that the gifts are still active? Why do I believe that praying in tongues is important and valid? And, you know, mm-hmm. it was, it's always good to ask those questions, right? Just because you've heard about it or experienced it, you need to make sure it's really in the word and that, you know, we're, we're reading the word correctly, but man, I just believe so deeply in my heart where Paul says, I, I pray, I pray in tongues more than all of you. And I desire that you would prophesy and that you would see that you would do these things. And I think where Jesus says, you'll do greater things than I have done. I, I mean, he either meant it or he didn't. And like, right. that just like kind of has to be the question there. And I've, I've heard people say, well, you know, he was only speaking about, you know, what he meant was and this and that. And every time I hear it, it just feels kind of lame and it feels kind of like an excuse. And I'm like, he was raising the dead, like, go do it. And, you know, he didn't say, go and pray for the sick. He said, go heal the sick. Wow. And like the first time I had someone say that to me, I was like, that just blew my mind. Like those are, those are two different commands. Go pray for the sick, go heal the sick. Wow. And, you know, even when we come down to, and I feel like I could just continue to rattle off scripture because I love it. You know, the word says the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. And Amen. I think it would have said a different phrase if it didn't mean that like you could go raise the dead. Like you could, you can see these things. I think it would have said like the same power that, I don't know. Like, I'm like, I think that the word is intentional. We know that God doesn't speak flippantly. He never says something unintentionally. And we see that in scripture. And so, man, I would, I would say if you've heard these things and you've not experienced it, there's no shame in that. There's no condemnation in that. That's, That's right. okay. And, you know, we hear all the time of, of pastors who have said, my heart is open to this. I haven't seen it, but Lord, if it's true, I recently heard that, um, Max Lucado, the, the author, he's retired now. I mean, an incredible man of God. He he's, just lives down the street from me, by the way. <laughs> really? That's yes, amazing. He does. Yeah. I love him. I just adore his work. And I, I read recently that he was just praying and where Paul talks about, I, I wish that you would all speak in tongues that he said that he was praying and said, Lord, if this is something that you have for me, you know, I don't know that it is and just gets filled. And wow. Max Lucado, like just, like, just was talking about the fact that he didn't really know that that was a thing. had never experienced it suddenly gets filled. And so I would just say, man, if that's you, and even if you're not sure to just say, Lord, if you have something for me, I want it. If this is you, I want it. I remember when I first moved out to Las Vegas, I just remember crying out in my spirit saying, I don't care how weird I look. I don't care how strange it makes me seem. If it's God, I want it. And if it's not God, I don't want it, no matter what anyone else says. Right. And, That's right. You know, I, I've, it's unfortunate because I think the sensationalist movement 
can often be a response to the charismatic movement being unbiblical at times. Because there are times I've been in rooms where things are happening and I'm thinking, this doesn't look like Jesus, doesn't smell like Jesus, doesn't sound like Jesus. This is not good. And, you know, we have to be careful not to pendulum swing, but to be rooted in the word and to, to continue to say, Jesus, if this is you, then I want it. And so that would be my encouragement. And, you know, that's, that's, that should be all of our prayers. Lord, if this is you, I want it. And if it's not, I don't want anything to do with it. Yes, 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 absolutely. And I would say, if you're listening and you are now having your theology or whatever you're raised with or whatever that roadblock is, I would just encourage you to, well, first just cry out to the Lord and say, Holy Spirit, if this is real, like Max Licato, yep. you know, hey, whoa, after all these years and, you know, Max, oh my gosh, you know, his devotionals and things like that for me, when I became a Christian in the nineties, like, I mean, I, I was, I was stoked on Max's devotionals and things like that. And, and so here's this guy who has, you know, I don't know how many books he's authored and, you know, the his church, uh, Oak Hills is just down the street from our house and, and, you know, how long he's been pastoring. And even after all these years, someone, you know, as, you know, big in the church movement as Max Licato can have a, a moment of revelation yeah. and have his life completely changed by the Holy Spirit. And, and I would just really encourage you to do the same. I would yeah. really encourage you to do the same. And I would encourage everyone every day to do the same. <laughs> Be filled with the Holy Spirit, you guys, every day, every day, in every way. Let the Lord flow through you and use your life. Okay. Anyway, I'll step off my soapbox. So but good. anyway, anyway, Leah, um, you released an incredible song. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your song and what led you to write it and um, and share it? I have so many friends. I'm not a Disney nut, but I have sang uh, in musicals and things like that for many, many years. And so uh, yeah. musical theater is, you know, in my wheelhouse. And that's what that's what your song spoke to me about. But anyway, uh, tell us about your song. <laughs> Yeah. So in November, I released a single called There's Just Something. And it was it was one of those moments where I was like, this is my favorite thing that I've ever created, which is such a fun feeling. Um, I had no idea how it was going to go or what the Lord was going to do with it. But I knew that it was important to release. It felt, you know, those moments where this is fun to do and this is important to do. And it just felt so serious in my soul, even though it's so much fun. Um, I and And, you know, it all started for me last year in march so we're coming up on a year of this moment with the lord i was i was flying we were leaving a lettuce worship event in lafayette louisiana we did this great big event at the cajun dome and we're flying out and the lord had been saying to me disciple nations disciple nations and you know sometimes when when he speaks it almost feels like getting a song stuck in your head and you're like i can't get this phrase out and i just kept on hearing him say disciple nations and i was on this flight and i just said like Lord, I don't know what, I don't, what does that mean? How do I do that? Like, that's overwhelming. That's huge. And was sitting there and was just praying like, Lord, who is discipling nations? And all of a sudden I had this moment of like, if anyone's doing this and doing it well, it's Disney. And that stinks. 
And I really had this moment yeah, of like, for real. <laughs> felt like, yeah, like felt like holy frustration in my soul rise up that really, I feel like the church has abdicated that role completely to people like but primarily Disney, but you know, there are other Nickelodeon, that Cartoon Network, those type of things where mm-hmm. these people, these organizations, these worldly, and now we're finding out more than ever, these incredibly corrupt agenda driven yes organizations that so do not care corrupt. about children mm-hmm. that do not have any moral compass that we the church have abdicated and what we've said is oh i'll just explain it to my kids i'll just explain why this isn't good or why that isn't good and and i get it i'm not here to judge anyone i don't i you know i i'm not here to to but i think okay why has that happened? Well, because no one has really stepped up to say like, I'll create good content for kids that is about Jesus and isn't terrible. <laughs> and so yeah, I'm yeah. sitting on this flight and I was like, well, Lord, what do I do about that? And he reminded me that I had had this project that I've been working on for a while. And I was in the recording studio with a friend and I said, every song I write just sounds like a Disney song and I don't know what to do about it. And, you know, I couldn't figure out like, how to make it sound like Caleb or how to make it sound like modern worship music. And I was so frustrated because I felt like there was no place for me. I felt like I didn't fit anywhere. I knew I had a calling. I knew I had skill, but I didn't know where I fit. And I felt like in that moment, the Lord was like, I'm asking you to release these songs and to create your own space. And it really was, it was one of those moments where I was like, Oh, everything makes sense all of a sudden. And it's in those moments of revelation where it feels like he puts the puzzle pieces together for us. And so I went for it. And so I released, there's just something. And the song really came from this place of oftentimes the Lord closes a door for us of something that we thought was the answer. We thought it was good and we're forcing it to work. But the Lord in his kindness says, I actually won't let you settle for what's good enough. And I'm going to give you what's best by closing oh, this door. So and we true. experience pain. We, we experience these moments where we feel like, God, how could you do this? But when we look back, we realize it was his loving kindness that closed the door. And so there's just something is written from the place of this is who you are, God. And, and there's something about you. There's just something in your eyes. The one lyric that I always find myself humming is where I sing there's just something in your eyes burning good enough away. And that's who he is. Wow. He's the one with fire in his eyes who will burn away the lies of the enemy. And even the things in our own heart where we've said like, oh, well, I guess I'll just have to settle for this. I'll have to settle for this and that. And so that was where that song kind of came from. And I, I, I'd written it before I knew that the Lord was asking me to write songs that sounded like Disney epics or Broadway ballads and these sounds. And it already sounded like that. Like I said, I just was, I just didn't feel the release to just sing what the Lord had put in me. And so I would honestly love to encourage any creatives that are listening that man, like if the Lord's put something in you and you don't see a place for yourself in the market, it might be because you're the one that needs to create the space. Yes. And the Lord has put something in each of us that has never been done before because we're uniquely made in his image. So we have a unique express expression. And so it was, it was what was also so cool. I'm sorry. I feel like I could just go on about this forever. No, (laughs) share. 
<laughs> what was so special was, you know, a part of my testimony is I had an eating disorder when I was in high school and struggled with uh, self-harm and suicide and all of that as a high schooler. And for years struggled with self-hatred and this like this voice of suicide that followed me. And it wasn't until I experienced a radical level of freedom. The Lord said to me one day, I, I, I saw this picture of my heart and I saw him scraping out gravel. And he said, I've removed the boulders of self-hatred, but I want the gravel too. And wow. it, it changed my life. And he began to show me these little things that I just, oh, I just don't like this moment. Oh, I just don't like that about myself. Oh, I just, eh. And he began to show me how much he loved every part of who I was. And I couldn't have released There's Just Something. And I couldn't be working on this project that I'm going to share about soon. Um, had he not done that work first, yeah. had I not said, all right, this is who I am. Because to release a a a Disney worship song in a giant ball gown on the side of a mountain was like, this is who I am. And this yes. is the full expression of who I am. Yes. And I had to let the Lord show me how much he loved me for who yes. he made me to be. Yes. Yes. Before yes. Before I could step into the creative space that he called me to step into. Yes. And you guys, if you haven't heard, I'm going to link it in the description below. I'll put the Spotify link and yes. I'll put uh, uh, links in. If you're listening on the podcast, you can go to the description of the podcast and it'll be in there because you've got to hear it. You guys, it is such a blessing. Even if you're not a Disney fanatic, you guys, it is such a beautiful moment. And Leah, like you're sharing, there are so many women listening and this woman listening who also have struggled with the world's view, the box of beauty, this is what you fit into, period. And if you're anything outside of that, oh, you're this, you're that, whatever, which leads to such disorders, when in reality, God is an incredible creator who creates women uh, and men. And oh my gosh, his creation, man, I'm so glad that he wasn't put in a box when he created Yep. all of us, you and I. And so it'll speak to so many people. It speaks yeah. to so many people. Yeah. I haven't thought about this in a while and I feel like it's the Holy Spirit bringing it up. But I remember when I was in college, my older brother wrote me a letter. It was my freshman year. And he wrote me this letter basically saying, as your big brother, here's some words of wisdom. It was, you know, one of those things that I keep in a, in a safe box somewhere because it was just so precious. And in that letter, he he wrote something that has stayed with me my whole life. He said, God made you exactly the way he meant to. And I just believe that's for someone today, like, yes. or someone in 10 weeks that's going to listen to this. Yes. But God made you exactly the way he meant to. Yes. There's no oops or like, if only I used to really feel like, well, God would use me more or would, would, would want me to, or could use, yeah, could use me more if only I was yeah. blank. Yeah. And it's just like the most untrue thing. Yeah. That we see. It's like, insulting and, to the creator yeah. to tell him that you can't use me until I fit into this other mold. And he's like, my child, yeah. the mold I made for you yeah. was fearfully and wonderfully perfect. Yeah. 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 Wow. So huge. So huge. Thank you, Leah, for sharing that and for sharing your gifts that the Lord has given you, um, you know, with the world, because it's such a message that that needs to be heard. And music just speaks 
through like you were just traveling to India and you've traveled all around and music is a language that transcends um, language, (laughs) you know, spoken language. And, and, you know, we have people who are listening uh, to music who may don't, maybe don't speak English, uh, but they're, they're being fed by this, you know, incredible art form. And I just thank you so much for, for that also. Yes. And so you have a project coming up. You can't share it right now, but I'm so excited for you. I can, can share you a little share... bit. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Share, share what you can share what you can. Yeah. Don't leave this hanging. Yeah. Yes, totally. So in that moment where the Lord spoke to me about the songs that had that, that, that beauty for children to lock onto the way that they do with let it go or you know, into the unknown, these beautiful Disney epics. I also felt so deeply in my heart that he said, I'm also calling you to write a children's book. And so, yeah. So I have a godson who is currently two and a half years old. And when he was born, I just remember this moment thinking like, I just want to write a book for him. And the Lord brought that memory back. And so I wrote my first children's novel. We're almost done with all the illustrations. It's going to be coming out in the next few months. It's called The Tales of Godmother Gideam. And Gideam means joy. And so this character that I feel like the Lord handed me is like the spirit-filled version of Mary Poppins. That's my heart is that because I feel like the world has like taken wonder and they've made it their own. And like, we're not allowed to make things that are wonderful and captivating and magical, but in a holy way, because when the Lord moves, it's like, it's awesome and it's beautiful. And it's what the world would call magical, but we just, we've, like I said, we've abdicated a lot of things, including wonder. And so I wanted to create a story that felt, felt magical, but it's the Holy spirit. And so I'm incredibly excited to to share about that. I I and the the word and the theme that the Lord gave me was to talk about what does it look like for Gen A and that's the generation that's right after Gen Z. So this is kids born in 2010 to 2022. That's Generation Alpha. Um and so the message that he put on my heart for them is to be brave by carrying hope and choosing joy. And I really wow. believe that in the season that we, the world, we, the church, we, this next generation, we're stepping into, I mean, it's been unprecedented time since 2020, but just the the season we're stepping into, I feel like the Lord is saying, will you be radically brave by always, always, always having hope, even when things are awful and terrible and the world says it's hopeless? Will you carry hope? And when things are at their darkest, will you choose joy? And I feel like that's the message for the for the upcoming generation. And that's the theme of the book. And so I'm incredibly excited to to share that message with with this Gen A. Oh, I'm so stoked. I can't wait to see it. That sounds, sounds, first of all, so needed. And oh my gosh, sounds so, so good. I can foresee I will be buying that for many baby shower presents in the near future. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, totally. And can you tell us a little bit about this um, new tour that you guys are going out on with and uh, Turning Point USA is uh, a part of it as well involved? Yeah. Yeah. So on Friday, we kick off with Let Us Worship and Turning Point USA Faith. 
Uh, we kick off the Kingdom to the Capital Tour. And so we're going to all 50 state capitals in the next two years. I believe we have 27 this year and 23 next year. Um, and it's all going to, you know, it'll end right around the time of the 2024 elections. And so our heart is to just go and pray and worship. And, you know, the, the word of God says that the throne of God is established on justice and righteousness. And that's our prayer, that our nation would once again be founded on justice and righteousness. And those things are so important Amen. that we... That we, the church, when we when we look at that, we look at the life of King David. David was a political leader. He was yeah. a king. Like yeah. so many of the heroes of the faith were political, but yet we have shirked away and felt like, oh, we can't, you know, politics. Oh, but you know, whenever they shut our church, our churches, it got real political real fast. And so, yep. We are, our goal is to say, actually, it's, it's, it's your rightful place as the church, the ecclesia, the ruling governing body on the earth to be politically involved, to pray for your leaders, to hold them accountable, to be registered to vote, to vote justice and righteousness. And so that's our heart. We're incredibly excited. It's, Sean has, yeah, it's, it's never really quite been done before. That's what he keeps on saying is like, this is revolutionary. This is a historic thing. And it's so needed right now that we're not going to, we're not going to so go in with needed. anger. We're going to go oh my with gosh. joy. Yes. And so we're kicking it all off in Baton Rouge this Friday night. We're doing three events a weekend. And so uh, it's Baton Rouge, Mississippi, and Alabama this weekend. And we just believe that God is not done with America, that oh. the best days are ahead, that he has good plans for revival unto yes. reformation. Because when yes. you look at history, revival is not just something that happens in a chapel. True revival spills over into culture and causes change and reformation at every level and, and sphere of culture. And so that's what we're believing God is about to do in America. It's a fight. It's going to be hard. It's going to be messy. But we know that we don't war against flesh and blood, but against principalities and authorities of, you know, of the spiritual realm. And so we're incredibly excited. We would, of course, ask for prayer. Man, yes. if you're a praying person, please partner. Put it in your phone. Pray for us every day because yes. um, the devil hates what we're doing. But we know that the Lord is on the move. Oh, the Lord is on the move big time. <laughs> and we here at The Remedy will be praying for you guys. In fact, let's pray right now. Yeah. Those listening, I pray that you would, uh, I ask that you would uh, join with us in prayer. Heavenly Father, we just lift up this movement that is uh, going to be taking place, that is taking place. But Lord, uh, through Sean and Leah and the Turning Point Faith team and Let Us Worship and everyone involved. Father God, we pray for your Holy Spirit to fall in mighty ways. Oh God, on these people, these servants who are who are going to be vessels pouring out your spirit onto the people. Lord God, no matter what um, government hardcore uh, evil that has been been taking place and is taking place in the name of Jesus and by the believer's authority that is canceled. And Jesus, King Jesus, you reign and we give you all authority and we give you glory, honor and praise every day and in every way. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Amen. Amen. 
Well, wow, Leah, I am so stoked. I'm stoked to get to know you, my new friend. And yes. um, I'm so, so grateful that you came here to The Remedy. <laughs> and yes. I hope that you would come back on again. Um, maybe we can get deeper into any one subject. There's a lot of uh, hurting people out there. This is a hurting world. And like you said, in 2020, unprecedented times happened. And during those times, people lost their hope. Um, uh, you know, they, the world was, is ending, at least as we knew it. You know, a new normal was birthed. And in that, people who didn't have the hope of Christ really lost what the footing, they lost their foundation, they lost their future. And so um, that's how the remedy was born. That's, you know, how Let Us Worship was born. The Lord called these ministries into their place to bring hope and joy, like what you're bringing with your Godmother Joy book. I can't wait to read it. And I'm just so, so grateful. I'm so grateful. And I'm so stoked to see what God is going to do radically through this movement in the capitals yeah. stoked, man. I hope that I can come to those events uh, also when you're in our area or whatever in yes. uh, that the Lord has. Absolutely. Thank you so yeah, much stoked. for having me. And yeah, would love to come back and, and we'll share more. And thank you so much. So excited. Yes. All right. Well, thank you. And you guys, the remedy as always is found in the word of God. It's found in Jesus. And you guys, I love you. Every week I say the same thing and it's because I mean it. I love you. And until next week, you guys, peace. Peace.